world in view. News through our faith lens. Exposed. Current events to end times prophecies. Exposed. Delivering the truth in its raw form. This is CIARDB Arc Radio Edmonton. ArcRadio Pro. The exposés, your news, your world, our faith, our business. Broadcasting from our Edmonton newsroom, Edmonton, Canada. Good day, Edmonton and Canada. Good afternoon, world. It's a sunny, cooler day. This is Esther McGee, serving you the hottest and most leading global current events through our faith lens. Your news, your world, our end times, our business. And rumors of wars. The new Tower of Babel story. This is Esther McGee. Welcome back. It may seem that this century has begun with catastrophe after catastrophe, but the rise of bully countries shouldn't be a surprise for believers. These are, after all, the end times. They began after the ascension to heaven by Jesus, Yeshua, and these are mentioned in great detail as the birth pangs. Wars and rumors of wars will worsen, as we have seen this week with numerous mass graves of torture, rape, and war victims, which emerged in war-torn Ukraine. Threats of potential escalation using nuclear weapons against the UK and Germany have fueled a huge response from NATO and the UN. Only twice in human history were nuclear weapons used against civilians. And despite the Berlin Wall and the Soviet regime being a part of history, here we are again. Cold War Part 2. And the world is left reeling from shock. This is Esther McGee reporting. Your news, our end times, our business. Welcome back. This is Esther McGee. Welcome to World in View with a new episode, Wars and Rumors of Wars, the new Tower of Babel story. Though we hardly see a structural reinvention of the Tower of Babel story, we are seeing for sure acts of self-righteousness and the discarding of everything that is good. Stay tuned for World in View, where Wars and Rumors of Wars, the new Tower of Babel story continues. This is Esther McGee reporting, your news, our times, our business.
Welcome back. This is Esther McGee reporting. Though the mention of Russia and China are indirect in the Bible, the pattern of prophecies fulfilled and being fulfilled are pointing in their direction. However, we came this close before with the Cuban Missile Crisis and the world resolved this quickly. Sadly, Russia has never really known democracy because few knew what real democracy was. As the Soviet era collapsed in 1991, Russia was left in a no-man's land between the end of communism and nothingness. Then came the former KGB man, who allegedly was at the Berlin Wall, as countless people began to take it down block by block, and who rose to leadership a rise reminiscent of the old Cold War-era Soviet Union. But Vladimir Putin made it to become Russia's first communist post-Soviet-era president in the year 2000. And things are altering rapidly. It's become obvious that Putin wants to return to his perceived glory days of the Soviet Union and possibly to fulfill dreams of becoming successful and influential. Did this lowly KGB officer fail in his previous career? Does this sound familiar? It should. Remember Hitler, a not successful painter or military man, chooses to use political successes to enact revenge on those he deemed less than him through murder, torture, rape and experimentation. Sounds very much like Putin and many of those who serve him, even on the battlefield. But God, Adonai, deplores this. Are we seeing the rise of yet another Nimrod? To understand what is happening, it's important to understand the Tower of Babel story. Don't go away, we'll be right back with Wars and Rumors of Wars, the new Tower of Babel story. This is Esther McGee reporting. Your news, our end times, our business. Welcome back to Wars and Rumors of Wars, the new Tower of Babel story. This is Esther McGee. The Tower of Babel is one of the most significant and prophetic stories of human history in Bereshit, the Hebrew name for Genesis. It is a new series of events that acts as a warning, hopeful deterrent, prophecy, an example of Adonai's power to defeat evil on any level, even human. The Tower reaches into our very lives today being even more of a warning to human beings than it was all those millenniums ago. Whether you believe that the Tower of Babel was just a story, only symbolic, a myth, or true history, the reality for us today cannot be ignored. The Tower plays a huge part in eschatology, God's Adonai's reasons for his creation, and a warning of what Adonai, God, will unleash in the not-so-distant future. Your rod comforts me, is the real message that the tower gives us even today. Stop moving the mouse. Understanding the Babel story, it is no big surprise that to babble comes from the word balal, a Hebrew word, meaning to confuse or jumble. The resulting confusion of speech or babbling that was suddenly imposed upon humankind also takes its roots from the very story of the Tower of Babel from the Akkadian word Babalu, 
meaning gate of God. In truth, suddenly everyone was not able to communicate, giving God, Adonai, the upper hand. God, ten. Satan, the adversary, nil. Nimrod, according to Flavius Josephus, had come up with a ludicrous ambition of power that inspired his people to create a tower that would reach heaven. Continuing the background of the story, the Talmud suggests that Nimrod advised his people to build the tower to wage a battle against those in heaven. And I quote from the Talmud, The disciple, in corruption of Nimrod the wicked, who caused the entire world to rebel against me during his reign by advising the generation of the dispersion to build a tower in order to fight the hosts of heaven. How many are the years of a person altogether? Seventy years, and if he is with strength, eighty years, as it is stated in Psalms 90 verse 10. The days of our years are seventy years, and with strength, eighty years. These suggestions give the impression that Nimrod intended to defeat the heavenly hosts and thus take over heaven, ousting God from power. It is not surprising God had to act fast, but was this also a reflection of what had happened in heaven? There are those that believe that what happens in the spiritual world happens in ours. Dear friends, don't trust every spirit. On the contrary, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I quote this from the Bible. So if that is the case, then wars in heaven are being reflected in our world. Satan, the adversary, after all, is not of our world, but of Adonai's. The Bible clearly mentions about how to defend ourselves against Satan, the adversary, and other evil spiritual beings from the spiritual realm. And again, I quote the Bible, For we are not struggling against human beings, but against the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers governing this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. It also tells us what equipment we need to defend ourselves against any evil from the spiritual realm, a.k.a. the armor of God. And again, I quote from the Bible, So take up every piece of war equipment God provides, so that when the evil day comes, you will be able to resist, and when the battle is won, you will be standing. Therefore stand, have the belt of truth buckled around your waist, put on righteousness, for a breastplate, and wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of shalom, meaning peace. Always carry the shield of trust with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of deliverance along with the sword given by the Spirit, that is, the Word of God, as you pray at all times with all kinds of prayers and requests in the Spirit, vigilantly and persistently for all God's people and pray for me too, that when I open my mouth, the words will be given to me to be bold in making known the secret of the good news, for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may speak boldly the way I should. The Bible makes it clear that there is a conflict in heaven on what can only be described as unrest and rebellion. This is shown throughout the Bible passages from the temptation of Eve to that of Yeshua, Jesus. It is also made clear that Adonai does not like sedition and rebellion against the authority of Adonai's ways. 
but this surely does not necessarily mean the defending or rebelling against evil is not acceptable. Thus I believe that as in many things in this world, wars, rumors of wars, etc., are a reflection of the conflicts going on in heaven. This does not mean that our world conflicts are an exact mirror of those in heaven, but, I believe, are part of the war that rages between Adonai and the adversary, the evil one, Satan, meaning good and evil. Any leader, good or bad, will wage a war on multiple levels, and in this case, with the adversary, Satan, Satan, trying to bring this world to ruin and to pull us all away from Adonai, God. Yes, we are caught in the middle of one of the biggest wars the human world has ever and ever will see, but as we all know, God wins. Looking closer at the Tower of Babel story, let's look at Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 to 2, 3 to 4, and 6. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there, and they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is the only beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Stop moving the mouse. But what does all this mean? Taking into consideration this text and texts that have already been referred to, let's have a look. We have a power-hungry leader and people, a tribe, a leader and people with ambitions to reach heaven, with ambitions to fight against God, with ambitions to defeat God in heaven, with ambitions to conquer heaven, with ambitions to rule the world, a leader enticing his peoples to rebel against God. Sound familiar? Nimrod appears to be all of these things, and this suggests that he had grand, if not deluded, and evil ideas. God showed his power with quick and blunt intent. Let's look at Adonai's response in Genesis chapter 11 verses 8 to 9. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Why specifically did God do these things? Let's have a look. Adonai, that's God, was not happy with a rebellion against him, not happy with the human arrogance to try and reach heaven. He was not happy with Nimrod's and his people's dream of defeating or outdoing God, and he was not happy with Nimrod's and his people's to rule over God's creation. Put bluntly, God was angry, and rightly so, but what specifically did he do to quell this rebellion? Let us look at the events themselves as they unfolded. I will put emphasis on God's actions. Migrants settled in Shinar, ancient Babylon, approximately 96 kilometers southwest of the modern city of Baghdad in Iraq. Their leader was Nimrod. They created a great city. It is thought that Nimrod suggested the building of the Tower of Babel. The migrants clearly stated that they were going to build a tower to reach into heaven. They clearly stated that they wanted to be a household name, or so to speak. They clearly stated that they would do this to avoid being sent elsewhere or scattered around the world. They wanted to steal God's glory. They wanted to control the world. They wanted to control heaven. 
They wanted to do away with God completely and just run everything themselves. Does this sound familiar? God analyzed the situation. God noticed their ability to unite as one group. He noticed their belief in themselves that they no longer needed God. He noticed their belief they could be equal if not superior to God. He noticed their arrogance and pride. He noticed their willingness to choose evil over good. He noticed their willingness to follow their own desires and will, ignoring God's laws. He confused their language into multiple languages. The migrants could no longer communicate with each other. Because they could not communicate, they could not continue building the tower or their other structures. Because they could not unite, they could not continue to rebel. The migrants were scattered in different directions to populate the world, as was obviously God's will. You're listening to World in View with Esther McGee. Wars and rumors of war. Welcome back. This is Esther McGee with World in View. Today's news, our faith, our business. Putin is definitely in the ranks of the Nimrod wannabes. His self-righteous, lacking in empathy, psychotic behavior is as shocking as that of past rankees. Stalin, Hitler, and others come to mind. But what makes Putin more sinister and more disturbing is his complete lack of care, any human life, except his own. Those who opposed him, maybe having been once loyal to him, have either disappeared, been suicided, which means they had been made to look as if they had committed suicide, or were found murdered. Add to this the countless thousands of Ukrainian men, women, and children who have been sent into Russia to special camps, no doubt quasi-concentration camps, where horrific torture methods reminiscent of the extreme cruelty of the KGB Nazis and ISIS are considered normal methods to assess who is and who is not friendly. Information gathering in such cruel ways has been readily and long ago dismissed as overkill, as most will just confess to anything or give information not worth anything. But children? These past months have shocked the world. Whole villages and towns, and many in the cities, overrun by Russian madmen, have resulted in the international courts getting involved to investigate claims of crimes against humanity, genocide, and war crimes. There is no doubt that these will be somewhat easily proven. And what of the Russian soldier who boasted through social media to his family about how he was taught FSB torture methods, the use of a tube shoved up into a person's private orifices filled with a rolled up piece of barbed wire where the tube is removed and the barbed wire slowly and excruciatingly is pulled out. It doesn't take a genius to imagine the horrific damage that is done through this. And what of the Russians who castrated men and boys slowly, barbarically and horrifically? What of the rapes of women and girls, some as young as four years old? And those who had their ears or other parts cut off? For what? Some sadistic pleasure? That is not war. That is torture and murder in its cruelest form. 
The evidence of the atrocities done by Russia has spanned the timeline of world history. During the Russian occupation of Eastern Germany, countless women and girls were claimed to have been raped, sometimes gang-raped. The world was not so quick to believe these stories, as so much had been done by the Nazis and those that supported them against innocent people from across Europe, most especially the Jews, Gypsies and others. So it comes as no big surprise that the Russian soldier that boasted to his wife about the torture that he committed on innocent men, women and possibly children was supported and encouraged by his wife. This woman gave him permission to do this, was proud of his efforts for the Russian motherland as long as he brought home no STDs. What type of wife or mother would say such things? I am sure that not all Russians would do these things or condone them. But what has Putin, the new Nimrod, got to do with God? When you look at what Nimrod and his people did, the process is very similar. According to the editor of Guardian TV, Nimrod was a ruthless hunter of human beings and not a traditional animal hunter, as some like to believe. But what does this all mean? Taking into consideration this text and texts that have already been referred to, let's have a look. A power-hungry leader, Putin, and people, countless Russians. A leader and people with ambitions to control the faith, the Russian Orthodox Church. With ambitions to fight against good, which is from God. With ambitions to defeat good. With ambitions to conquer the church and create a holy Rus, another Russian empire with ambitions to rule the world, a one-world government with one religion and one leader, a leader, Putin, enticing his peoples to rebel against God's laws, committing atrocities and worse. Putin began his Nimrod career, portraying himself at first as a good man with a family who cared about his people. But his intentions became clear at the Olympic Games in Russia, where he fabricated the existence of black widows, aka suicidal female terrorists, and was able to move his invading troops right in plain sight using a fake excuse. He then suggests that the Ukrainians need to be rescued from a Nazi regime. What Nazi regime? Sounds a lot like the faked invasion of Germany by the Poles, an excuse used by Hitler to invade Poland. It has been suggested that Putin would put himself as head of the Russian faith, thus controlling it and thus challenging God's authority or even seeing himself as equal to God. But time will tell if this is really true or just a theory. Nonetheless, Putin continues his slow, bloodhound rampage across the world's nations, bringing them under his wing, willingly or not. The UN has failed miserably because no one took into account legal possibilities of a nation holding veto powers in the Security Council that could easily be used for bad things, thus preventing the UN's members from protecting and intervening to keep peace and prevent wars. This failure has given Putin a free reign, something impossible to stop. The UN has thus become a defunct child of the League of Nations. Putin has begun meddling wherever he can and in whatever nations he chooses. His veto and that of China's have rendered the world virtually helpless in defending nations against his wrath and empire-building intentions. 
All in all, Putin has become Nimrod through cold calculations, knowledge of his faith, and a total lack of empathy for his own people and that of the world. Nimrod tried to become a puppet master. Some say that Putin is the same way. Since the beginning of the Russian invasion of Crimea and the rest of the Ukraine, military leaders across the world were baffled at the strange military tactics and poor training of the soldiers. Putin continues to be able to run a campaign, lost or not, where no one will return alive to tell the story to their fellow Russians. Putin uses everything at his disposal to continue his campaigns, including the Russian Orthodox Church and mobile crematoriums, so grieving families in Russia never get their loved ones back. But what ultimately we have to concern ourselves with is the possibility that Putin will use nuclear weapons. And once these get fired, no matter where they go, other nations will fire back. And this is a no-win situation, no matter what Putin may delusionally believe. If you look closely at the world today, the main conflicts, and you will see in the background, quite often, the presence of the support of Russia. Russia supports Chinese intentions towards Taiwan. Russia supports Syrian and other Middle Eastern actions, not only within their countries, but in their desire to attack and finally invade and destroy Israel and the mainly Jewish population. Does this sound familiar? So we have it. A leader who wishes to overrule God's laws and power with the eventual destruction of God's chosen people. The end times prophecies of the Bible clearly show that Israel will be invaded and that many will die. A leader who wishes to allegedly misuse the power of faith in God to lead his people into a new empire and potentially a one-world government. A leader whose ambitions make him appear to be trying to be equal to God and a replacement for God. The question remains, what else will Putin do to offend God? With his support of Iran and other rogue nations, there is no doubt that unless Putin is removed from power, he may well find a better means to invade other countries or entice them with propaganda to simply join his evil group. As prophecies get fulfilled more rapidly than before, some of the pieces of the puzzle are being put into place. Is this the new Nimrod, another lesser antichrist, or the final big one? Is Putin the one that will bring us into a global war, catastrophe, and the one world government, and the sign of the beast? Time will tell. So make sure you are ready for the return of Jesus, Yeshua, because if we see nuclear war, only God can stop it. Thank you for watching World in View and the second episode, War and Rumors of War, the new Tower of Babel story. This is Esther McGee reporting. Your stories, our world, our faith, and our business. Tune in next time on CARDB Arc Radio Edmonton, arcradio1.airtime.pro for the third episode, Russia's Reluctant New Army, Putin's Blood Guilt.